Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Footing from Inciala, drop to Roberts. He goes to a little one-two with Humphreys, and Roberts has got it back. Edge of the penalty area. Conza coming over, but it's a chip to the far side. Shot t- coming in, and it's in. That looked like it was out of nothing. It was Lewis Dodds on the edge of the penalty area. Cut back inside, took a right foot shot, and Declan Rudd had no chance. Ricky Holmes over it for Charlton. Ricky Holmes to take it. Oh, there go. go again. <laughs> From Ricky Holmes, almost identical to the one he scored against AFC Wimbledon. A lovely free kick, finds the top corner. Just before half-time, Charlton taking the lead. Trophy will break a long ball forward, finds Roberts. Roberts shooting opportunity, and it's a good strike, and it's 2-2. Tyler Roberts getting himself in a bit of space, well picked out. A shot across goal, wasn't dealt with by Declan Rudd, and it's managed to find the far corner. Shrewsbury looked to break, and it's three on one here as Humphreys brings it forward into Charles' half. Left and Wally. Wally closing in on goal, cuts inside to his right foot. Wally with the strike, it's 3 2. Charles undone again from their own set piece. Turns into the box, it comes towards what Holmes will get it, takes a shot, oh, and he scored! Tony Watt got the ball, missed it almost completely, it ran to Ricky Holmes, who bags number three for Charlton, and his own hat-trick as well. Towards the edge of the penalty area, cuts back across, into Dodds, Todd saves it, goes back to Dodds again, and there's the goal. Dear me. Good lord. He's just come off a child attack again. There is the final whistle. And Charlton, despite scoring three goals, have gone down 4 3 here at uh, Greenhouse Meadow. <laughs> Good evening welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley, uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, you sure? Loving life. Loving as life. a Charlton fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. We all are. And, <laughs> uh, and living the dream, I dare say, Nathan Muller. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm buzzing. Yeah, living yeah, the dream. Yeah, living the dream, mate. As yeah, always, good, good. As always, mate. And yeah, dream not tempered by by Tuesday night's shenanigans. No, I scored three goals, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Buzzing. Yeah, positive. Yeah, that's, yeah, take the positives <laughs> from that one. Uh, right, yes. Yeah, so on tonight's show, we're going to look back at last uh, 
Tuesday evening's 4-3 uh, defeat at Shrewsbury, the defeat that leaves us dangling six points above the relegation zone, the rally zone, as they call it on Football Rebel, uh, and uh, has certainly sucked us into a bit of trouble. A bit of trouble we didn't think mm. we were going to be sucked into, but we're well and truly within it now. Uh, we're going to analyse the post-match comments of the manager, Carl Robinson, and of the skipper, Johnny Jackson. Both had some particularly interesting things to say after that game. Uh, we're going to look ahead to what's going to what's going to happen over this weekend as well. Of course, there's uh, hundreds of Charlton fans are going out to St. Truden in Belgium to protest against the regime and the owner of the club, and, as well as a few other clubs, Roland du Châtelet and his... Uh, and his uh, right-hand lady, Katrine Mayer, here at the here at the Valley. We're going to mention training ground or something, and then we're going to look ahead to, uh, of course, Saturday's game with Northampton as well. Those of you who aren't going to Belgium, I'm sure there'll be uh, a few of you going to Northampton as well. Will be joining us three up there. Uh, so we're going to discuss all those things on tonight's channel live. If you want to have your say on anything on tonight's show, we've already got hundreds of emails. So. Uh, feel free to add to them studio at chartonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at chartonlive let us know what you made us uh, Tuesday's defeat what you're looking forward to over this weekend whether it be the protest or the game at Northampton uh, anything else you guys want to say uh, especially on the, the reaction of the manager and the skipper after that game on, on Tuesday night but um, well, you guys weren't there but you were both following at home Tom uh, sum up your feelings at the end of that one <laughs> I wasn't wasn't surprised. The only thing I was surprised about at the end of the game is that Carl didn't get sacked because we've become that club now where you lose two or three in a row and the manager's gone. Uh, I don't think that would have been the right decision, um, but it wouldn't have surprised me if it happened. Mm. Obviously, we talk about our lack of scoring. We finally bang in three goals and we and we can see four. And having seen the highlights back, just you see why Carl said what he said after the game because the the defending was just appalling like yeah. it was just non-existent people just running past players just it was like they just didn't care it was so so frustrating to yeah. see I mean the first 13 minutes of, of Tuesday night's game actually summed up our, our recent few weeks and maybe even our season perfectly mm. really and the fact that we had again again we had a chance within 13 seconds where we should have been 1-0 up this time it was McGuinness at Oldham it was Novak on, on Tuesday night that was saved um, and then we've had a couple of other chances and then and then we still conceded the early goal that sort of takes a little bit of momentum away from you puts you on the back foot and the defending for the goal was so so poor yeah seems like we have a chance in the first, in the opening minutes like every single week so, I mean, we just never seem to take them and he's banged on about it about, was it, is it ruthless he ruthlessness says, yeah um, but you know you're not going to score every single chance so and we did score three that night even though they were world was owned mm. by the same player mm. um but yeah, I mean, it's for me now. It's like this season. I, I was con- I was happy with our defence. I never see it as a problem. But then the last few weeks, we look like we're going to concede every time we lose the ball. And uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if we're being too open or, you know, before maybe you know we were disciplined, and now we're being too sort of attacking and we're not we've, we've just not got that happy medium I don't know if that's the case but it's just I don't know the, the tide has changed well, just... I, rem- I remember Jacko did speak after the game and I'm not sure if it's in the snippet of the interview that we've got but it's, it's certainly out there if you want if you want to try and find it he's talking about how we, we are probably too mm. open now and that's what we expected when Carl came we all knew that when Russell was here we were a defensive unit who had some quality going forward but nowhere near enough now we've you know what we were expecting. I was expecting a lot more games like this. You know, winning three two, that sort of thing, or or, or losing four three. And but in in the situation we're in at the moment now, and the way that we're not taking enough chances, and we are looking so vulnerable at the back at times. You know, is is it time for a, a change of tact? I mean, he, he did try and change things up a bit on on Tuesday anyway, because we went to match up with Shrewsbury's four four two. Yeah, well, I was glad he did that. Um, that was nice to see because I thought we'd been calling for it for a few weeks. I think. 
we all think at the moment what whatever Carl thinks of the players that he's got I think those players do suit the 4-4-2 more at the moment um, so I was glad he did that and on the one hand it did pay off we got three goals um, but uh, as you say and, and as Jacko said after the game we're we're so open at the back and when when the midfield aren't going to track their players like they didn't on Tuesday night and when the defence are this nervy uh, you're going to concede goals and I think trying to sort of reflect on the last three years I don't remember us under Roland when we concede we've never really had a side that you know there's the odd game like Bolton where we get back in it but normally it takes a goal and, and our side just our confidence just seems to get rocked well, it's, it's a mentality thing and yeah. I think this is something we will talk about when, once we've heard the the interviews after but it's certainly a mentality thing because it's something something that was happening last season what I, mean. Well. I mean and I remember so well that I mean we always played the, the stupid clip from it for the Burnley game where we were 1-0 one, one down just before half time and it was 3-0 down within 10 minutes of the second mm. half 15 minutes of the second half and there's this vulnerability which I mean there's so that we're going to go so deep tonight because it's all about characters within the squad it's not just about playing it's not just about the quality of the player it's about the characters and building up a mentality throughout a squad isn't done by just one manager in, in, in one month it's done over a couple of years and that's what we're not getting with any consistency so now let's try and look at some positives from Tuesday night Ricky, um, Ricky had us ahead at half time and uh, two absolute screamers um, were uh, they were his uh, third and fourth goals of the season against Shrewsbury. He hates Shrewsbury. So he just hates them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he got he got five. He got he's got five all together this season. But the two goals he scored before half time, particularly the first one, was uh, uh, quite enjoyable. Yeah, no, he's a decent finish, and we know he can do it. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have many other players who can, uh, <laughs> mm. uh, especially in the final third. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Ricky's. We we soon realised that when when he started, we could tell he was a good player, and then when he was out injured, I thought we we coped okay, but you could tell how different we were without him, and um, and it obviously showed our sort of our lack of depth in our squad as soon as one player goes out because we had I think you know, yeah, apart from imagine if Addy wasn't here at that time as well, I don't think we'd have had anyone really, but mm. but yeah, no, he, he can do that, and he he has he has flashes of those moments, and he's a he's a match winner, I know. Obviously not <laughs> scoring actually. You still don't win. And scoring six goals in your two away games to come away with one point is still crazy. But um, yeah, no, he's it's just it just seems like at the moment he's trying to do it all by himself and he can't. And you know it's not really fair on him to have that on his shoulders. Mm. So we went in two one up at, at half time. In fact, London Inigies just tweeted, "Love how Robinson, who has a worse record than any of our previous managers under this mob, doesn't get much stinks." And I don't I don't agree with that because we get plenty of emails, plenty of tweets in giving him stick. If you look at the um, the message board. I, th- I think he does get a fair bit of stick. I think he gets a lot. Yeah, I think he, in some ways, gets gets it because our expectation was a bit higher with him. When people like Carroll came in, it wasn't really a surprise mm. to see him do as badly as he Carl, is. Carl speaks a good game. So. Carl speaks a good game. He, he's very positive. People have got this impression of him as a young, enthusiastic, exciting manager with knowledge of, of the English the English game, and so our expectation is raised a little bit. And when you see us performing as badly as we are. I understand why he gets the criticism he does. I mean, we were speaking before the show about whether he should be here long term or not. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to discuss that in more detail. But I think he does get a lot of criticism. And I think some people are more split because of his positive nature and because the expectation is still there that perhaps he could turn it around. Uh, so yeah, two one up at half time. Uh, we had a header cleared off the line. I think it's from uh, Tashera, uh, and then we conceded twice in two minutes. I mean, I mean, I think that now we're going to talk about mentality because once you you just conceded once, like um, sort of caught down the uh, our left hand side, 
and, uh, and and finished across the goalkeeper. And then we and then it's one minute and forty seven seconds. I timed it yesterday I was, when I was doing the highlights. I clipped between the two goals on on my laptop. One minute and forty seven seconds. And in between that, we won a corner, <laughs> which is bizarre to think. Now, I uh, one of my mates was texting me earlier saying, "Oh." Uh, why, why did we only leave one back from the corner now I think that's fairly normal practice isn't it because I remember Curbs used to get stick if we'd leave two back so I think leaving one back is fairly normal practice but they just broke so much quicker than we could get back mm. but the, the conceding two goals in that space of time it has to be a mentality thing yeah I mean in terms of the one player back it depends on how many they have forward if you have one of their players forward you usually have one who goes tight and one who sort of sits as a cover but mm. if they had no if all of their players were all in their box Having one at back, yeah, that's fine. There's, like, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have two players back if all of their players are in their own box. Yeah, it's strange, but um, it, I think I just think we're mentally weak. I really do. I, I think it's just a confidence issue. I don't think they're bad for players. Mm. It's, I just think, I think they know, they think they fear what we fear in the stands. So as soon as we they score one, we think, oh, hang on, the floodgates are right. They, it's like they expect it that it's going to happen, and they just got to go. Well, it's going to happen. So go on, on your. Have a go there, then, mate. That's mm. what it seems like. I don't, but that's they're not bad players. You look at our squad. We've always said we're a strong squad. We're a top six squad without a doubt. But there's got to be some sort of underlying well, issue. Are we, a, are we a top six squad or are we some on some, paper, t- on some paper. top six players? I'd say we're and they're not a squad. Mm. I mean, that, I, I'd, I'd say that's probably more it for me. I think we've got. I mean, we have got some good players. I mean, we're looking mm. at Ricky Holmes. I'm liking the look of Forster Kasky. You know the, these sort of players. We have got some good good players on paper, but not right. enough to, to form a squad because you have the lack of consistency. The the young players. Who, I mean, we saw it with Steffi. You, you can't when you're that young. It takes a toll on your body to play too many games. So mm-hmm. I, I I get why people say we, we've got a top six squad if they look at certain players and think, well, these players should be good enough. But it's a top six, maybe even a top six eleven. If we, we could go that far, maybe I'm not even sure we can. To be fair, but in terms of a top six squad, mm. probably not. But that's what I mean. I mean, on paper, we are like a squad. That di- the the way I differentiate is you you can have an amazing squad, but that squad isn't going to. You need a team, and we're not a team. You mm. know, we're not a team of players. We're like we just seem like a load of good individuals on paper, but we're not mm. a collective unit. You look at the. The people down the road, I ain't gonna mention their name, right? They ain't got a squad full of world class players or Not at all. They're, they're a team. One or two they know players, yeah, yeah. They know their they know every one of them knows their job, they know how to play and they know how to win. And yeah. that's and that's all it is, and we don't have that. I mean compare them compare them to us who've just conceded four at Shrewsbury. They haven't conceded a goal for nine games. Mm. It's incredible, isn't it? Uh, right, so we got we got a leveller, uh, twenty minutes from time, Ricky Holmes, good finish, hat trick. Um, and then you think, right, where are we going to go now? Five minutes later, and Louis Dodds, who, who opened the scoring for them, or Louis Dodds, uh, I mean, that, hit, that fourth goal was just an absolute disaster from, from a Charlton point of view. I mean, how, how he was able to be the first person to his own rebound when there was three Charlton defenders within the penalty area. I mean, how, how does that happen? That, what, what, what do you even put that down to? It's one of those things that you, you see it on like highlight shows occasionally, uh, and you laugh when it's when it's another team because <laughs> yeah. it, it's so ridiculous that they're professional footballers. When it's your own team, it ain't so funny. But um, what can you put it down to? It's just it, I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know if it's just the mentality. Organisation is it? I don't perhaps, know, that's something we haven't really struggled with early on in the season. You could look through that clip, and obviously, again, we talk about what Carl said about the players watching the game back. If they're giving him a presentation on that goal, that could be a couple of hours long, picking out <laughs> the amount of mistakes that happen in that three or four seconds. Mm. Because there's players not picking up their runners, there's players not tracking, there's players not following the ball, then there's other players chasing the ball when they shouldn't be, and it's just, it's such a mess. And for for a team, of, or a set of players, like Naif says, that are 
as experienced and as technically gifted as they are to to perform like that is just embarrassing especially when you when you put it together if you remember now the goal that we conceded at home against Berry on yeah. on on Saturday i mean these goals are now creeping into our game at at the worst time it could happen the mm. a lack of organization and all the stuff we're about to talk about after the interviews as well this this is all happening now at the worst time because all the teams below us are now winning tend to be against us but they're also winning other games as well we're losing games left right and centre now against teams below us mm. we are right in the relegation battle now if, if we're not careful if we lose on Saturday then I think some of us are going to be richer men by the end of the season because mm. we've, we've all, we've all um, I've hated the fact it's come to this mm. we've all sort of looked at insurance bets now so there's a few Charlton fans on the forum saying you can get 40 to 1 Yeah, and the form we're in now it'll take something drastic to change it yeah <laughs> I can't. I just can't put my finger on it because you know. Look, you look at our discipline record, record. Right? How many red cards we had? It's been awful, right? We've had five. Right? In, but then in the you last look. You look at Rochdale. You look at JFC and Cross. Cross against Oxford. JFC and Cross against Rochdale. That corner where they run past them. All of them are willing to give dirty tackles away. Take that geezer out. Give a foul away. That's when you get a yellow, not for silly blimmin' fouls. Cross could have done Where's it the, twice in the yeah. middle of the park in two games. That's what I mean. You have aggression in that sort of sense, not just for silly blimmin' free kicks or just, oh, go on, mate, have a go. Done it, wasn't it, though? Oxford. Yeah. McElhenney shot. That last one, Mendes, your cousin or whatever he was. <laughs> he's done it. Mendes Lang. And f- on Tuesday, there was like four of them who run past us. That's like schoolboy stuff. You track your runner. It's crazy, but it can only be mental stuff because I don't think they're they're not thick. You know? They know they're, that's yeah, what they're supposed to they do. They know that. Mm. Well, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I do stick up for him a lot, but he, he he was right in what he said. If they're told not to let him come on his right, both goals let him come on his right. Yeah. You can't you can't force them to do that. They're told that you can't make them do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, Charlton Exile says, in my opinion, Robertson gets a hard time because of what he says and how often he says it is possible to say too much. And Carl does just that. And now uh, he probably won't be happy that I'm about to play his interview. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah. uh, Carlson, now, obviously, Carl Robertson, he took he took 40-odd minutes to come out again, which he did after the Oldham defeat. I mean, th- there's obviously words that need to be said within a dressing room. And he comes out and, he, and he's, he's spoken to, there's Phil Parry from BBC Radio London and there's Terry and myself. Uh, you know, from from Charlton Live and, and South London Press and whatnot, and we were, and uh, I've only cut, I've cut into Terry's part of the interview because this is the bit that stood out for me, and this is the bit that, um, you know, the, the next morning we were all talking about. This is where he refers to an, un, uh, an unspecified incident within the training ground. Carl, you spoke about uh, telling some players some home truths and, and saying that it's a discipline issue and, uh, and other things. Fans, not just the ones who have travelled up today, uh, but uh, listening and watching this, was like. That means you know, you've obviously told the players. Um, where do we go to, to change it? Oh. Some things happen before the game that I've never seen. That some, some people. Certain things happen at this football club that I've never seen. And I don't know whether they come into work every day. I thank their lucky stars that they're in this football club. There's an interesting one. What player on this pitch has probably come from the lowest level? Who? Go on, there's a question for you. The boy from Strains? Yeah, Joe Rebo. And who else? Somebody lower than that. Wally came from... On our pitch, Ricky Holmes. Ricky Holmes. Ricky Holmes got released at Gillingham. Some players have come from Champions League clubs. Some players have come from Championship. Come to, come from Premier League clubs. Yet someone comes from Staines. 
and lower league clubs like Ricky did. Maybe that's because sometimes they look at this football club as, as the holy grail, as the be-all and end-all and the, and the life. And uh, listen, Jackal does as well, 100%. And there's a lot of them in there that do care. So I don't think this is a, this sounds like a blanket criticism. It's not. I'd say 40% of the squad don't care enough. At the moment, I think I've seven injured as well. So I think everybody here, this is the only fit players I had here. So it's not like I've got players back at ranch that I can bring in. But it is what it is, my friend. We've got to change it quickly. And on Saturday, will you have any of those uh, injured players back? Um, we have to wait and see seven days for Patrick, make sure he comes through all of his stages. <coughs> There's a concussion at the weekend. So, other than that, uh, Souls is still suspending one more game left now for him. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Listen, it's, it's as honest as a pre-match, post-match you're going to get. I think it's as, it's as straight as you're going to get. Um, I'm not sure responsibility either, so to the players in there. That this hurts me, but the biggest overriding emotion is, God, come on, frustration. And uh, we're sure looking forward to next season and everything else. We spoke about, we were speaking earlier about Chris Powell, about, I think, finished 15th in the league in League One. And he had that back end of the season where I think it was two draws in so many games and he got to the summer and went by <laughs> I look forward to that day but in the meantime they have contracts and contracts that run for next year who's going to take some of them will Shrewsbury take any Berry, Oxford so harsh words if they don't like it come and speak to me if it's not fair, come and speak to me. Come and tell me I'm wrong. I'm sure, what was it, five of us still there, six was including me. I'm sure you'll back me. <laughs> I think at the end there, Carl's implying that the five or six of us doing the interview were going to get into a fight with someone. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, Carl Robertson there speaking after the game at Shrewsbury. Now, of course, he's referring to uh, an incident that um, it sounds like it happened... Uh, at, at the game, at, in, in you know, in the training room, in the uh, dressing room, sorry, between, before the Shrewsbury game. And obviously, we can't really speculate on what that incident is without any cold, hard facts. But something's happened, and then he's referring to players who've come from Champions League clubs. He's referring to players who's come from the Championship and who's come from Premier League clubs. Now, you don't have to be a genius to try and work out which players have come from where. Now, if you're looking at Champions League clubs, you're probably looking at someone like George Teixeira, come from Standard Liège, mm-hmm. you know, it's a club that's played mm-hmm. in the Champions League. Tony, Watt Tony Watt's played right? in the Champions League. I mean, Overstad's come from a Premier League club. I mean, are these are these players that aren't pulling their weight? Are, the, are these is that his way of trying to point out these ones? Obviously, I mean, this is speculation, trying to work out who these mm. players are. But he's given us clues, isn't he? It sounds like it. And you, rather than trying to find the ones that are, you can look at the ones that definitely aren't. So, like we said before the show, you look at Aribo and Konza youngsters. They're probably fine. Jacko obviously is fine. Ricky picks out for special praise given what he's done. Novak, he says, works hard. Josh and Cross, you probably think are okay, but then you do look at the others. You know, Bataka's on loan, Burn is on loan. I think Olves is on loan. Uh, are those players really that fussed? You know, if they're only on loan here, Tony Watts obviously come back. Okay, he said Scottish football wasn't what he wanted to be playing, but did he really want to come into a League One? What's becoming a League One relegation battle? Uh, again, it's only speculation who these players are, but. It, it wouldn't surprise me, or it doesn't surprise me that he's suggesting something's happened because when you see those players on the pitch, they don't seem a tight unit. They do seem like there's fractions within the camp. And, you know, when goals are conceded, people are just looking around at people to blame, people are shouting at each other. It's just, 
it's such a mess. Uh, yeah. And as we said before the show, three or four weeks ago, okay, playoffs were a long way, a long way off, but they were still a possibility. And yeah. within within a month, we're now looking over our shoulder. Yeah, Jimmy C's just tweeted in uh, a link to a Jordan Botaka. Uh, fan page on Twitter. I don't think I've even got time to go into the complexities <laughs> of, how's that, of how that's happened on tonight's show. But London in Giza says, What nonsense again from Robinson. Injuries again. Buck stops with Robinson. Honest. Uh, he's about as honest as Fagan, yeah, he, he believes. Uh, so interesting. Now, see, I, I wanted to read the fans' reaction to, to the way that, that mm. what, what Robinson said after the game. I mean, Nath, when, when you heard that, what, what did you feel? Did you feel good? Yeah, yeah. I think good, good. I, I would have done the same. Mm. I, was like, I agree with um, what he's in it, Keys or whatever. I know what he's saying. The buck does stop with him, but I'm sorry. There's been so many times we've stuck up for these players, and they've got to take a bit of responsibility now. Because, mm. like I've said, if it's his coaching, if it's his coaching, then yeah, he deserves it. But if he's telling them what to do and how to do it, and they're not doing it, what else can you do? He's got his hands are tied. I'm not saying he's the best manager in the world. Mm. Of course, I ain't. But I was, in a way, I, I thought. Oh, this could go a bit, bit, bit nasty here. Mm. But I thought, good. I was glad that he's come back. No one else would have done that. I think, again, uh, and I know this is like... But if you compare him to Carroll, when Carroll's teams were on the pitch, they looked disorganised and they looked like they didn't know what they were doing. But that looked like it came because they didn't understand mm. what they were being told. Here, you look, and again, it could just be the way Carl speaks, but the manager comes across with authority and he sounds like he knows what he's doing and the players just look like they're not following it through. Well, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly a different tactic to work, yeah. and you said Carroll, so I'm going to say, talk about Carroll. I remember publicly he always backed his players. Yeah. The Burnley 4-0 one, he came out and said we were good. You know, always look for the positives. Now this is very, whereas, be, whereas under the surface mm. I know that Carroll had specific players that he didn't rate, because mm. I, I know that because he told me. Mm. Uh, under the surface, but publicly on the record you're protecting your players. Now, this is a different way of doing it and it could go one of two ways. Now, uh, there's been so much discussion on, on websites and on Twitter over the last few days. If you're the player who doesn't care, if you're the player who doesn't want to be here, how are you going to react to being, not named, but almost publicly named uh, as, as someone who doesn't want to be here? How do you react to that? Do you now start going, oh, I need to buck my ideas up, I've embarrassed myself here? Or do you go, oh, sod you, you've embarrassed me now. Mm. I'm going to carry on. So f- for me, players should have the personal pride and, and they should have desire to pay for the flan- f- uh, fans because whether they like it or not, we pay to come and watch this team. And whether they're on loan here or not, they're a part of this club now and they have a responsibility to the people that pay to watch the club to do their best. If they don't, then then that's just not good enough. And for me, this will go one of two ways. Either Carl's you know, consigned us to relegation now and they're just going to give up and not play for him or he's going to get the reaction he wants. Mm. But I think either way, what it shows is, you say Carroll had players here he didn't like or didn't rate. Russell clearly wasn't sure about a Jose. Clearly wasn't Co- sure about Teixeira either. Yeah. Did, don't forget, Teixeira did not play until right. until Carl came in, apart from one yeah. checker trade game. Carl's now saying the same thing. All of that shows that the squad's never big enough and the squad's never cultivated by one manager and one manager's set of players, which all comes back to the same reason that we're in this mess in the first place. Yeah, and that, of course, as people say, the, the sacking of managers, the, the incredible turnover of players we have at this club is uh, is all part of, not as I was sort of alluding to earlier, it's, yeah. it's not building that, that club community, that squad unity that you need to, to progress. And for, for that, you need a manager who's in place for at least two years, maybe three or four years. Mm to build up some sort of mentality, build his own squad in his own his own characters. Uh, so that's why for me, you know, sacking the manager 
is it, you know, it's, as often as we do is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and, and like I say, you need the same players here, players with the right character that the manager who is building his type of squad has chosen. Mm. And of course, the, the ones who, who want to be here. Now he talks about the hunger, the, the, the players who've come from, you know, from lower league and, and disappointment earlier on in their careers to, to then you're looking at players who have played for Champions League teams who are probably... And you imagine you've played for the Champions League and then you're turning up at <laughs> Greenhouse Meadow in Shrewsbury. You're like... <laughs> I, I've lived in England most of my life. I only heard of Shrewsbury a few years ago. What's going on? Like, it must be a real shock to the system. Right. Um, now, I, I was watching the reaction to the, the Robinson stuff because obviously we can put that out straight after the game. Mm. Uh, and I was... See, I, I found it surprising because a lot of people straight, went straight for Robbo as if he was making it up. And mm. it just seemed odd to me because I we'd already done the interview with Jacko, which was then embargoed to the morning. So I thought, well, now that Jacko's going to come out and say the same thing, mm. I wonder if that would change opinions. So now yeah. this is the, the Jacko interview. He came out and spoke to me and Terry after the game as well. Um, and I asked him a, I asked him to sort of you know, confirm what Carl said, and, and he did. And uh, so this is Jacko after the defeat of Shrewsbury. Well, in half-time, I'm assuming it's the opposite uh, at the end of the game. Uh, do you think there's enough in the dressing room, uh, having seen it at half-time, that we can get out of this and we can we can get the wins we need to just make sure that the end of the season isn't... Uh, of course, I think that, yeah, if you look you look around and see the players that we've got in our squad, there's no way that we should be where we are in uh, the position we find ourselves in, but we are. And, you know, we've got ourselves there, we need to get ourselves out. Um, games coming around, so, you know, you have to, you have to learn quickly from the mistakes we're going to probably be in tomorrow, you know, assessing where we went wrong and probably a bit of finger pointing and you know saying what needs to be done better I think that's important now and that nobody gets a soft ride um, and try and put it right quickly because yeah to answer your question I do think we've got enough because because of the players that we've got in there but we're not showing it at the moment so it's just words you know it's just words and whatever's said in there is just words if you don't go out and do it on the pitch so it's the only way you can prove and prove it is out there you know you can say everything I can say what you know this stuff to you guys, but ultimately it's, it's what, what happens out there that, that you get judged on and what counts, so it's the, it's the only place we can put it right. Appreciate coming to speak to us, Carl Thanks. came out and sort of mentioned that there was, he felt there were some players in there who perhaps weren't, you know, didn't see Charlton as the pinnacle of their career. Did, did you sense that there's characters within the dressing room that, like, like you say, need, need telling, need telling what it's about to play for Charlton? Yeah, but they get told and then the same, same things happen, you know. I don't think we can keep losing like this and, and then roll out the narrative that everyone's you know, doing their best and trying their hardest because we've got two good players to, to keep producing what's going on. So obviously we're falling short somewhere, whether, it, whether it's mentally or, or physically on the pitch and, or, or both. Maybe. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, I think we're showing a fragile side of, of ourselves mentally where we, you know, we're conceding so many goals and, and in quick, quick succession in games and stuff like that. Going from leading 2-1 to 3-2 behind within, I don't know what it was, three minutes maybe, five minutes, whatever. That shows a fragile nature to, to us, so it's obviously there. Um, can only speak for myself as far as you know what it means for me to play for this club, but sometimes it's not enough, or, or there's not enough of us that feel that way. Maybe it's reflected in, in performance. You saw last season now how difficult it can be once, once you get sucked into a bad run as well. I mean, Six points above the relegation zone now. It's not something we want to talk about, but it's, it's something that needs addressing quite quickly. Well, we need to start winning, yeah. Simple as that. You know, a few weeks ago, we were looking above us and thinking, can we sneak into that six? Now you're asking me about, do we need to be worried of what's below us? What we need to worry about is the next game and getting a win. Um, and then the game after that, and the game after that, and, and getting to a point total that's going to that's gonna mean that, that we're fine. Um, and then... And then plan for the future, but at the moment it's about the next game, and we've got to do something different to what we've done tonight and the game before and the game before that because that's three losses on the bounce and that's just nowhere good enough for for the players that we got and and, and this club. It's not good enough. That's from Matt Gainsford. He said he wanted to hear the uh, Greg Stubbley featuring Andrew Cross way to cheer him up after the performance at Shrewsbury. So there you go, Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's Johnny Jackson there speaking after the uh, the defeat of Shrewsbury. Now he came out and reiterated the fact that there's some sort of character deficit in within the dressing room, and um, you know, just for me, it, it does confirm it really that there's something something's going on behind the scenes. And now, obviously. It's been called out now, and it's, it needs to be addressed. But it couldn't have come at a worse time, could it? Because we've we've started dipping now, and like I said earlier, we're we're either in or teetering on the edge of a relegation battle. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. We didn't think we were going to get to this stage, <laughs> but um, yeah, we are. And um, our five fixtures, next five ain't looking too happy. But um, I don't know. You never know. Maybe what's happened in the past few days is we'll tip it the other way, and like, as Tom said earlier, get. Get the get uh, get some of the players to have a mm. bit more pride in themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Hopefully that will be the case. But we'll see. I mean, it's was, it was interesting. Um, we we're talking about just saying. In fact, there's, there's a tweet there because obviously Charlton Exile said that he, he felt that Cole talks too much. Now Mark the Taxi says fans complained when the club didn't communicate, and now they do. Yeah. It's too much. Now I don't I don't agree with Mark's point there actually because I think you know the the, the communication issues have always been at the top. Mm, now yeah. I think they are trying to address that. They've brought in a, a PR expert now and all this and that. Uh, but you know the manager speaking doesn't really change anything because the manager's always spoken. They, yeah. they speak after every game. It's just Carl speaks fast, mm. so he gets more words in. <laughs> uh, right, uh, but we we also mentioned. I think it does need addressing before we hit on the emails. Two weeks ago, maybe not even that. I'm trying to remember what game it was. It's definitely within the last two home games. Carl came out and you know was upset, but said, "Look, we've got an honest bunch of players here." And now he's come out and said completely the opposite. So that that just seems odd. Yeah, you you. I, I understand why people turn on him. Um, <laughs> Like you say, he talks a lot. He he seems to almost slightly contradict himself in that point. But and I understand what why people feel that way. I, I go slightly the other way. I think he he's just genuinely honest, and he's just as angry as we were as fans at the end of that game, having seen the performance that they put in. But I, I understand why that said. But it 
for me it's just it is good to have a manager who who comes out and, and says it as it is um i think the players needed that i think uh, mainly as fans we need that because you don't want people coming out and saying we were good after four or five nil losses uh, it's not going to help anybody mm. i think like because we're playing because it, cause it's coming across as waffling I think because we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday and losing every single game it's making it even worse mm. whereas I think if we won a couple of games and then lost on Tuesday I don't think he'd get the half of the reaction but even though he does go on like we've had a joke on here like when his press conferences last about 15 hours or whatever but I know what you're saying but we, we are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday so we, he, and he has to speak to the mm. press doesn't he so and he's, if when you're losing games there's only so much stuff you can say so it does sound repetitive because mm. I, I, I remember even being sat before I really started doing proper work but I was doing bits and pieces and I was sat at the back of a press conference with Powell after we lost and I love Chris Powell and we just lost again we'd, we'd had a bit of a run I was listening to him going oh, shut up yeah. <laughs> like, it does happen you do get enough of it don't you? right let's have a look at the emails <laughs> Chris Dabbin uh, shut emails. up Chris <laughs> I've got up on the back went oi get out <laughs> <laughs> Chris Davin says, uh, "Surely Robinson has to go to stave off relegation, or do or do we go down and let him try and get us promoted from League Two? Only a fool would back Robinson. Now uh, we will have. So who, you who, 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 who was it? Who was it? Ask him. Who would he get? And Chris would he, Davin, yeah. Would he? Would he change? Would, would Would the results change in a flash? That's, I, I really don't well, see There it. was an interesting thread I would, we need to move on really but there was an interesting thread on uh, Channel 9 saying what would happen if we'd kept Russell a more conservative manager would he have been would we have had more points I mean, too boring though everyone was saying he was too boring at home yeah. but you, know you I mean? go back you all the way be. though don't you what happens yeah. if we'd have kept Riga what happens if we'd have kept yeah. you know, well, it just goes Kirby's on and on and on you know yeah. I mean? yeah. right uh, Dan Haynes <laughs> Says, uh, dear Louis and team, after listening to Carl's analysis of the Shrewsbury game, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, so haven't went out. Uh, it's clear things are very wrong in the dressing room too. Is it wrong to speculate who those forty percent are? Well, we've done that already. <laughs> uh, that aren't working hard enough. Don't really want to be at Charlton or, or don't have the balls to stand up and be counted. And he says, he says, Louis and Terry, how do you find Carl's reaction whilst asking him the questions? I mean. I don't think we'd get any more than what you guys get from listening to it anyway. And, and you can look at the YouTube as well. I mean, we just see. Just, be- just as he comes out, just before we start recording, he, he-, he feels very similar to what he says anyway. He, he was funny on the- on Tuesday night. He went to put his wash bag on a chair in the dugout, and the chair sort of flipped up, and his wash bag fell on the floor, and he just went, <sighs> shook his head, and said, "Oh God." Uh, and then, uh, and then something else happened. Uh, but uh, he said, "This, uh, this is uh, sad, depressing situation has been going on for far too long for it to always be the manager. I just hope he's given the time and can do what is needed to shift the dead wood, as he calls it out in the summer." That's from Dan Haynes, and he says, uh, "Louis, keep the kettle hot. I'll be in soon. Me and Dan work for the same company." And I've, I told him, like, come into my office and we'll have a cup of tea. What day did he come in this week? Came in on Tuesday. Or was it Shrewsbury? <laughs> was he thinking? Uh, Pete B, uh, Peter Beerling says, uh, ha- uh, subject line, Jimmy Tarbuck, which is a name I've heard a lot recently. I think he's an old CS comedian. And he's like, uh, we know our beloved Charlton have not been normal since that lot took over. They still haven't learned the lessons of having a paper-thin squad and a short-term policy of selling our young talent to balance the books. Now, to make things even worse, Jimmy Tarbuck is now defending them. At normal football clubs, when a manager starts publicly criticising their players, they very quickly lose the dressing room and then very quickly lose their jobs. At normal football club, a manager is given the backing and time during a transfer window to try and rebuild a squad. Uh, not start discussing the transfer strategy in January and then moan that we've run out of time and other clubs won't do business with us. At normal football clubs, the the board and the management take collective responsibility for a club's failings and have long-term development plans in place and not and do not blame the fans and the players for their shortcomings and lack of ambition. 
just when you think we've hit rock bottom, we sink even lower. This lot uh, will have us in Division 2 for sure, and that's Peter Beerling uh, there. Now, finally, just before we go to a quick break, Craig Elliott says, so the last three defeats have seen our odds slash from 150 to 1 to 40 to 1 to be relegated. Uh, there's always one team that gets dragged down, and I fear it could be us. With Robinson slagging off 40% of the squad, why would they put the effort in? Uh, they're still getting paid either way. It's not really a great morale boost now, is it? So glad I put £10 on us at 80-1 to 1 before the odds slash even more. What, what do you guys think does League 2 beckon for our once great club? And I'll say it, if we don't buck our ideas up, that's why I put pull up uh, the, the song, uh, was it Pull Up Your Socks and Stand Up Tall? Because that's what we need to do. Because if we don't, we're going to get sucked right into this. Yeah, we've already alluded to it, but it's um, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's awkward because we, we shouldn't be where we are, but we are where we are. <laughs> and the only way you're going to get out of it is we've got to be a bit more stronger mentally. I think, and do, we've got to get back to doing the basics. Right. The one thing at criticism, I do think, is I think we need to try and get away from this four-two-three-one because it's obviously not working. Mm. But yeah, even though we did play four-four-two the other day, didn't we? Yeah. So. I don't know it's just I don't know it's an, it's an odd one but the next five games are going to be telling so right. maybe we turn up for the big games who knows yeah, who knows right let's have a quick uh, break and we'll be back in 30 seconds or so so am I still waiting for this world to stop hating can't find a good reason can't find hope to believe in from the home of time this is maritime radio greenwich carol a heavy defeat at burnley today how do you sum that one up we were good. Charlton Live. Oh, we haven't heard that classic in a little while, have we? Love that one. Uh, right, uh, Saturday is going to be a huge um, game at the Northampton, obviously, but it's also a huge day for fans of the club who are going over to Belgium to protest. Uh, well, I wonder, at the last count, it was probably way over way over 200 now heading over to, to St. Truden. Uh, and Card uh, did release a statement earlier, which I'm just going to uh, get up now. They're sort of uh, telling us that they've... Um, uh, they've, they've managed to rope in the BBC and uh, and ITV are going to be involved on their uh, on their um, on their coaches out to Belgium. So they're, they're going to get the huge um, the huge uh, sort of uh, media coverage that I guess they're, they're they're doing this for. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's brilliant and, and nice to see the mainstream media getting on board as well. Um, obviously, the results recently have meant that more and more people have signed up. Um, so yeah, it sounds like there's going to be a really good number going. We're obviously already going to Northampton. Um, I don't know exactly how good that's going to be, but um, it'll be great to see the footage back, see how they get on. Um, and we've seen before that these protests seem to be the most effective in upsetting Roland himself. We've also seen the fact that the last manager went coincided with a trip to Belgium whether it was actually part of the reason uh, it's just speculation but you know if we lose on Saturday and this protest goes well I wonder what the chances are of, <laughs> of Carl being shown the door yeah. uh, Carl's spokesperson said a huge amount of planning has gone into Saturday's demonstration and we are grateful uh, to the police uh, both here and in Belgium for their assistance in making sure everything is in place the response from Charlton fans of all ages and both genders has been magnificent and we know they will acquit themselves well on the day the numbers in Belgium alone 
give uh, give the lie to do Chatelet's claim that the protesters are down to a few hotheads who were shown the door. Hundreds of people do not spend 12 hours and their own money travelling to Belgium and back for a march for any other reason other than their passion for Cholton and shared conviction that du Chatelet is destroying the club. What's more, we are putting him on notice that he can expect to be embarrassed and upset for as long as it takes to persuade him to sell up. And just as he has caused so much frustration and, and ha- unhappiness to Charlton fans over the last three years, we will act lawfully, but we will never leave him in peace. Now, that's a, a hugely strong statement from Card, and obviously it's going to be backed up by uh, a strong show of what they're saying here. Over to, well, it's up to 250 Charlton fans going over. They're also going to be joined by a recently announced uh, St. Trudent protest group called Grass, uh, is their own protest group, who are urging Du Chatelet to either run their club on a competitive basis or to sell it to someone who will. So they're also feeling, it seems, that, that uh, St. Trudent are being run competitively. Yeah, well, it's a, um, it seems like a, so there's an underlying trend somewhere. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, <laughs> Both play football. <laughs> yeah, um, let me think. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, obviously, it'd be, obviously, I'm not going, I'll be in... Uh, Sunny Northampton with you two goons, but apart from that, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it goes, though, because because from what I've heard, it's gonna be it's it's been well sort of planned, like you say, Lou, and mm. you well, know, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. I don't, yeah. I've not really read it. I've read about it, but I've not yeah. read too much well, exactly. There's, there's going to be in March. I mean, there's, there's, there's fans getting there early enough to have a little buffet and a. A pre a pre uh, pre march uh, situation within mm. a within a bar, and I think that the protest group, uh, the, the the protest band, sorry, the two percent have written a few new songs, which I've been uh, listening to throughout the week. I'll probably I'll try and retweet those at some point so you can hear them uh, as well. So it's all going it's all going to go on. We're going to have a man out there undercover for us, mm. uh, sending sending back an audio diary and mm. uh, interviews. Hopefully, if if all goes to plan, so that should uh, so so we'll have that that march fully covered here on Channel Live on Sunday evening. Which I'm sure will make for for Sunday evening show being being one that you can't really miss. Now, uh, London Giza says if we're getting rid of Deadwood, we need to start with Lewis Page. Who signed him then? That was Robinson. <laughs> but oh, it's, it's, it's up to London Giza. You want to say that? Uh, Garmy said, head chef says, how about Riga coming back for a third time? There we go. Right, yesterday uh, here at the uh, well, sorry, over at the training ground, uh, the club uh, once again uh, la- launched uh, phase two of the uh, the training ground. It's been launched a few times, uh, but now they said they're, they're going to go ahead and build it. And I've got a little bit of a statement. Here, uh, the, redevel- the, the redevelopment is being fully funded by the club, and phase two consists of the construction of a new synthetics community pitch and enhancement of the community trust area, which will include two new change rooms, classrooms, cons- uh, consultation area, construction of a new 3G rugby pitch. Because I know they're going with uh, sort of join out with Footscray Rugby Club as well, uh, and increased parking and access. So lots of stuff going on there. Now, obviously, fans will point to the fact that oh, we need we need a training ground and all this, blah blah blah. So that good stuff, that's good stuff going in with the community. Also, good stuff. That stuff we've always been good at. There's always the underlining thing now because we've been told that uh, by Katrine in Dublin that we we're going to be producing Premier League stars of the future. That people people are even going to see this as a negative. So they're just going to think, well, it doesn't matter because they're not going to play for us for very long, and yeah. they're going to be sold mm. out of what is not a necessity because of a rich owner. Yeah, no. The thing is, with the um, training ground, you can have a lovely, pristine training ground. But if you haven't got good enough players to attract you to it, it's pointless having it. Do you know what I mean? So, but, well, it's just but yeah. But the thing is, is with um, you need to. You've got to have the both. You've got to have a squad and a decent training ground. Mm. You can't just have one or the other. Do you know what I mean? They've got to be mutually exclusive. So, and when we're on a, as bad a run as we are, as well, you, news like this is is just. No one's going to care, are they? Like it is good news to have a new training ground is is good for the club. It's good for, as you say, the community trust. Good for everything. But when we're struggling like we are, no one cares because <clears throat> what happens on the pitch is the most important thing. Right. 
Right, uh, what happens on the pitch? We're going to find out on Saturday at Northampton. So time to uh, listen to what Carl Robinson has to say ahead of Saturday's game with Northampton. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's match at Northampton. Carl, a few weeks ago you were talking about making a late push for the playoffs. Now after seven without the win, you're looking over your shoulder at the opposite end of the table. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I didn't get too carried away with things when I first walked in. I'm not going to get too carried away with things now. I think the most important thing is is where we go from here. And I've, I've, I've spoken about changing the culture. Um, there's certain things that I don't want around this club or associated with this club that I can't. I've got to keep the head above water first before we move forward. And I think it's important that I just find the right blend of players you need to be here um, in some ways In an interview this week club captain Johnny Jackson suggested that maybe some of the players lack mental strength do you subscribe to that? Um, yeah to play for this club you need it there's a some people think, find my my words harsh I class them as the truth and if you find them harsh, the industry will eat you up. The press will eat you up. <laughs> Not you, you're nice. Um, the press will eat you up, and uh, the game will. This, 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 this club is constantly under pressure. So you need, and, and Johnny knows what that's like because he's been here through so many different periods. See, the second I walk in this building, he is one of the nicest people I've met and he's his application his dedication to his football club is, is unrivalled and uh, he knows where I'm coming from and I know exactly where he's coming from Are you as manager confronting a problem that these players are not as good as you thought they were? Oh no I just think they have to prove why they were brought here in the first place um, to audition in some ways for, for getting promoted next year and it's a uh, They've got to get it right because they want to be part of this journey. They've got to prove to me they're willing to do and go the extra mile. You stated that three wins will guarantee survival starting at Northampton on Saturday. Um, I think when you look over the, over the years, I think 50 points has always been the benchmark that everybody's looked at. Um, and mostly, I think it's 40 points in the Premier League. So I, I don't think, listen, I'm not looking at that at all. I'm looking at the next game. Um, if you get too wrapped up in the in the fight that you're in or the chase that you're you're chasing, I think sometimes you can you can get bogged down with all the the woes and the what ifs um, rather than what is going to happen on Saturday. And we fully prepared ourselves for the for the job in hand. We were in yesterday. Uh, we got back at half three in the morning on Wednesday, and then we were in for twelve. Um, really interesting day, really, really. Inter- I, I did something yesterday that I've not done before. And it was very interesting, and I'm very pleased with every single player yesterday. Can you elaborate on that? Well, we brought them in, we split them into two groups, they sat down and watched the game in two groups, and they delivered to me what they thought was wrong as a day with the coach. And it was nice to sit there, and quite often or not, if you give the responsibility to players, they do what you think is right anyway. So all the problems that I had with the game, they elaborated on themselves and they were finger-pointing amongst themselves and they were accepting criticism as men. 
So, and then I took them onto the pitch, and we walked through one or two things, and then we, it was really, really good. I mean, was re- so, for as much as what you can be disappointed with them, you've got to be honest and say, yesterday was a very, very good day, and I'm, I'm happy that they took the criticism in the right way, and they are looking to try and put it right. What would it take to turn things around, and just how exasperated are you as a manager? Um, it's hard, it's tiring, um, <clears throat> but I said to you when I walked in this door, this would be the biggest challenge. I knew that. Um, I'm young and fresh and I'm ready for the challenge still. And uh, every day is a learning day, whether you're, whether you're 36, 56, 66, 76, whatever you are. You, you, as a manager, you constantly learn and evolve with, with the group that you're working with. The difficulty, if you look, if you, people will say, obviously, not having no Pierce, no Bauer, no Solly, no Page was ill before the game. Uh, Obviously, from Foxy's moved on. No Adam Ola look. So when you look at the team that maybe would have been here at the beginning of the season, you've probably got five or six that still aren't part of that. And that's not through me edging them out. 70%, 30% yes, 70% no. So you've got a lot of changes in that as well. And uh, it was evolving. It was changing. There were people that were always going to leave. And the people that were looking to leave maybe in the summer. And it's about finding the right balance. And I need to know... I've, all morning I've been looking at a list of players for next season and I've, I'm already trying to tie certain things down and um, I remember I think 23 players came in the year that you finished 15th in League One um, I'm not too sure whether I'm bringing 23 but it was uh, I, it, I, I think one of, one of the remits of the manager that summer was players who wanted to be here players who felt that this was I use the pinnacle because I don't want this to be on the way down I want this for people on the way up because I think if you get people on the way down they're here for different reasons and and that's not sometimes people on the way down are here for the right reasons to build up some of the young players so if you're coming back from there it's got to be to support the talent of the youth if you're coming up through here there's only one way you can go. If these ones coming down can bring the young ones up and the ones that are already here who are young themselves are going in a direction, that, that's the type of players that I want. And uh, like I say, it happened a few years ago and it, it gives us a little bit of success. And then once we get this team, then we've got to build on that next team. So it's, we spoke at the Hamster earlier really the week about it constantly turning. It's turning quicker than ever. Um, I feel a bit dizzy because I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> um, but it's about finding some sort of constants. Um, I want what a fan wants. I want a team of happy players, exciting players, with a tremendous desire to win for the football club. Every time you put a shirt on, you should be willing to put everything into it. And when you take it off, knowing that you couldn't have put any more into it. And they're the two things. The pride of putting your jersey on, and then the pride in yourself that you couldn't have given it any more when you take it off. Every fan asks for. That's what they do when they put their shirt on on a Saturday. They put their shirt on and they commit themselves to supporting their team, singing for their team, and giving their all to the players that are going to wear the similar shirt. And when they go home at night and they take it off, they want to be able to take it off for three points that their team supported them as well. So you can see the type of people I want. You know the type of people I want. We've spoken many, many times. And uh, it's going to take. A lot more hard work, a lot more dedication, and a lot more of an application to the right type of people. And they may be here. We'll find out in, in due course. 
Do you have any sympathy for Ricky Holmes? Scores a hat trick on an away ground, and of course he's back at his former club, Northampton, on Saturday. Uh, uh, listen, take the goals away. I think he was the hardest working player on the pitch. Take the goals away. The stats will prove that as well. Call the most distance, call the most high intensity minutes, uh, meters per minute. That's why you score goals because you work hard. Tremendous individual. Um, and when I walked in the door, I was, I was without him for ten games. Um, I never got the chance to have him and Addy in the same team, and that was a big disappointment in some ways. Um, but at the beginning of the season, Addy and Ricky were the the, the X factor, weren't they? In some ways, and um, we've got to find that in a different way at the moment. Um, while we're sort of reshuffling and and getting ourselves ready for the challenge at the back end of the season. You've shown that you've not been afraid to make changes. Are you likely to do another reshuffle at Northampton? I've got to find the right blend. We've played 4-4-2, 4-3-3, No one can ever say that we've, 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 uh, we're predictable. Nobody can say that we're, we don't have many people up front. We've tried every component possible. Um, We've just got to find them. The, listen, I've got to do what it takes to try and win to the end of the season. Then I'll find players to suit the way I want to play going forward. But at the moment, I've got to find players who can play in a system. And you know what? <laughs> listen, sometimes when you when you criticise the people subsequently have this blanket criticism, it's not a blanket criticism. There's a proportion, and I don't think if I have a question anybody wants to sit down and prove to me that I'm wrong. So, but. I, the way they've responded yesterday was, was outstanding. I really was happy with them yesterday. Very critical of them. Very honest. Um, and I just hope that that leads into success on Saturday. So there we hear Carl Robinson. There's a bit more of that if you want to head over to the Charlton official uh, YouTube page where you can hear the rest of that. But uh, basically they're... they're so, sounding more positive than he did, obviously after after Tuesday's game. He's certainly he's certainly hoping he's well. The talking has to go onto the pitch now, but he's implying that he feels like he's got a bit of reaction uh, in a positive way from him. Yeah, which I think um, it was like, like Tom said, it was going to go one of two ways, and I think it's obviously going to go go that way, which is great because I think you can you can slate them, but it doesn't matter if they don't pull their weight; they weren't doing it anyway. So, so I think it can only go one way, and hopefully. Uh, yeah, they could take it in a Saturday. Yeah. I think it could definitely go one of either ways. Still, <laughs> I'm, I'm we'll trying to be optimistic, <laughs> yeah. but this time I'm trying to stay up, not put yeah. playoffs. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, we've got to look at the team. Obviously, we haven't even mentioned now. We've lost Mavadidi now. He's going to be out for the rest of the mm-hmm. season, mm. so he's gone back to Arsenal. Um, so, I mean, does does the team almost pick itself? Really? I mean, there's options there. Does if he goes back to if he stays at four four two? If we're gonna or he, you know, with four at the back, is he going to play Jacko at left back again? Is he is he going to bring Page back in? Is he going to give Jade Silva more time? He's only played, mm. you know, came off the bench at Shrewsbury for the last fifteen minutes or so. But he's hardly hardly featured really uh, in, in a Charlton shirt. You know, that's one of the decisions he's going to have to make, I guess. Yeah, De Silva's a strange one for me because I don't know why we saw Jacko when he came on here. Was it against Oxford? Um, and I think it was maybe Fleetwood, uh, and he was struggling at, at left back and. Why you choose to pick him there over? I, I, I would have Jacko on the pitch for the experience, but not not playing there. So personally, I'd like to see De Silva or Page there um, up front. Obviously, I'd again like to see us play four four two, and up front you've got Watt, McGuinness, and Novak to choose from. Um, I don't know. They said maybe Bauer might be back as well in defence. So th- there's a few changes, but again, as we've said, the the squad's not massive, so. 
it's not going to be a huge amount and if you know there are players that he's picked out as not wanting to play then those players you'd imagine if they were playing will be dropped and if they weren't playing then probably still won't be playing now unless they've come up to him and and told him different. Yeah, Howard Howard Wood has just emailed in saying he'd love to know what Russell Slade would have made of uh, Carl Robinson's comments. I guess it's all about the mentality of the squad and all that. Because you feel like, I mean, Russell, you feel you know, you understand he got a little bit of discipline back into him, really. But mm. but also, like the likes of Teixeira weren't playing at all under him, which also raises questions uh, about that player in particular. Uh, Northampton's results—they lost at home to Oldham on, uh, on on Tuesday night, which doesn't really help us really because that brings Oldham out of the you know, nearer to us. Uh, but uh, but you know, recently they've they've won at home against Chesterfield, won at home against Swindon Town, so they're winning at home against teams down there, and we we are now almost effectively classified as a team down there. So I mean, this is a huge game for us. If we lose and Swindon get a result, then we could just be three three points outside our relegation zone. Coming into those games that we've got the dreaded yeah. X five games. Yeah, I mean, fun. You, you can't overemphasize how big this game is, really. <laughs> but um, all we've got time to now, really, is uh, is, is to look for uh, for predictions for what is probably quite an unpredictable game. But let, let's have them, Tom. Two two. Oh, Desmond. Or Desmond. <laughs> two yeah. two nil. Charlton. Two nil. Charlton. Where's that come from? God knows. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. no, I don't know. I think we're going to win. I, reckon, I think it's going to go the right way, and people are going to butt their ideas up now. Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go for a three two win then. Cause I, I, Jesus Christ. Just, just the. the <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the way we were defending on on, uh, on, uh, on Tuesday, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. Yeah. Could never see a score in before the Rochdale game. Look at that. Yeah, that's true. That was last time we did hot, a little away day, wasn't it? Hot, so. hot, hot to predict here, isn't it? Oh god, yeah. I forgot. Last time you two came, it was goals are plenty at both ends. Of Darth Vader in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Not got to be up as early this time. <laughs> right. Uh, this has been Charlton Live and a big match preview. Don't forget, wherever happens on on Saturday up at Sixfields, and of course on Saturday out in Belgium, we'll be here on Sunday evening to take you through both events uh, over the weekend. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us here on Charlton. Cheers, right. Louis. Thanks, Rom. Nathan, thanks for coming in for the big match preview. Cheers. See everyone Saturday. Uh, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Channel Online. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back on Sunday evening here on Maritime Radio. Come on, you Reds. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.